0: Welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be answering the question, is Christianity a religion or a relationship? So important to know the difference. I am your host, John Westfall. Let's get to it. Is Christianity a religion or a relationship? Well, we have to understand what religion is. Religion is the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal God or gods. So in that respect, Christianity would be considered a religion. However, if we're going to look at this, and I have a lot of Scripture, we're going to get right to it and uh, hopefully uh, settle this or at least answer the question, give you some food for thought to make sure that we're on the right track. And, of course, everything that we do is biblical. We look at the Bible. We look at the Scriptures. For without the Scriptures, we really don't have... Uh, the answer, you know, the truth lies in the scriptures. It is uh, God's word. And uh, the, the saying is, uh, there is but one truth and that which opposes it. So as we look at this and answer the question, uh, is Christianity a religion or a relationship? Let's look at it. Uh, practically speaking, Christianity uh, has a key difference that separates it from all other belief systems that are considered religions. And that difference is relationship. So that would be the simple answer is Christianity is a relationship. But uh, let's go on with explaining it. Uh, most religion, theistic or otherwise, uh, is man-centered. And any relationship with God is based on man's works. And that's typically what if you look at all the other religions. By the way, uh, most people will say, and if you look it up, I think uh, I think we're somewhere around 4,500, 4,400 um, different religions. Well, the reality is there are only two. Two religions. And I know all of a sudden everybody's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, let me explain. There are two religions. If if you believe the Bible is true, if you believe that God is true, that Jesus is the only way to heaven, then Christianity is is it. And then everything else is humanism. If you look it up, it is man's ways, man's desires, uh, all these things that we have to work toward, we have to do, we have to obtain to, to get close to whatever other god you're chasing. And so uh, most, most religions, uh, a theistic religion, such as Judaism, Islam, holds to the belief in a supreme god or gods, While non-theistic religions such as Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, they focus on thought patterns and spiritual energies. But most religions are similar in that they're built upon the concept that man is to reach higher, man is to obtain this power or state of uh, being through his own efforts. In most religions, man is the aggressor and the deity is the beneficiary of, of his efforts and his sacrifices are his good deeds if you uh i think of the paradise nirvana uh some other higher state of being as man's reward for his strict adherence to whatever uh whatever tenets that religion prescribes and so uh usually what we hear is that uh, you know, good works, good works, good works. Do right. You got to do right. You got to do uh, that, whichever is commanded for us to do. And and stand up, sit down, repeat this, do this. It, it just it is a constant uh, uh, religious acts that we have to do, uh, things we have to say. And uh, when we look at that, uh, Christianity is not a religion. Uh, it's a relationship with God that is established with his children. And, uh, and we find that that uh, in Christianity that God is the aggressor. He's the one that goes after man. And uh, man is the beneficiary of that which God promises. Uh, Romans 8:3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. And so uh, God is coming after us by sending his son Jesus to make a way that we could get to him. And so, in, in that respect, it's, it's a relationship. Uh, the Bible states clearly that there's nothing that man can do to make himself right with God. If we read Isaiah 53 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. If we look at Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, if we look at Romans six six uh, 6.23, the other one was Romans 3.23, and this is Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we see that we have God who wants to give us a gift That gift is eternal life, and the only way we can obtain the gift is by having faith or believing in Jesus Christ. So according to Christianity, God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Colossians 2.13, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How about 2 Corinthians 5.21? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so again, as we, as we look at this, and we can say Christianity by definition is religion, but when we dig into it deeper, we find out that the God of the universe that created you and me and everything that we have desires to have A relationship with us and in the pursuit of the relationship with us uh, he knew that we were sinful Uh, being sinful simply means you've missed the mark the mark of being perfect the mark of holiness so whether you've lied you've stolen you've uh yes white lies are considered lies and um uh, you know we we use the word white lies to make it sound better but uh, no matter what we've done we have to pay for that, for that sin, we have to pay for uh, uh, the, the price of, of sin, uh, as we're going to find out, is that it separates us from God. And so sin must be punished. Romans 6.23, uh, which I've already read, for the wages of sin is death. That is That is what we've earned, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Matthew 10.28, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So we see that God has the ability to destroy the body, the flesh, and the soul. Man only has the ability to destroy uh, the, the soul flesh, and Satan only has the ability to destroy this flesh. Our soul is in the hands of God. And because he desires that relationship with us, he has made a way for our soul to live with him forever. And all we have to do is accept the gift of God, uh, which is salvation, and we have to do that through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Because... If, if we were able to get to heaven on our own, we would go, yeah, look what we did. Look what I did. Mm-hmm, I'm the man. And uh, and we would start boasting about what we did through our good works. And God says, listen, this is a gift. This is a gift that I'm going to give you, and the gift is eternal life. Second Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him grace literally is is god's blessing on the undeserving and you and i would be the undeserving you and i we listen how many times has our pride gotten away how many times have we decided we want what we want and we don't give a rip what anybody else wants well we are undeserving of heaven because of our sinfulness because of this flesh that we always want to satisfy And God says, you know what? I'm going to give you grace. And that grace is I'm going to send Jesus, my son, to pay your debt. You get a speeding ticket or you break the law, however that is. And you go before the judge. And the judge looks at you and says, you are guilty. And you know you're guilty. And then the judge says, I'm going to pay that debt for you. I will pay your fine or I will go to jail. I will serve your sentence. That's literally what God did. One of the biggest problems that I think we have in in society today, and it's been around forever and ever, it was around when Jesus was walking on the earth, and uh, that is established uh, religion. and, uh, and, And that established religion was one of the staunchest opponents of Jesus during his earthly ministry. You had the Pharisees, and the Pharisees came in, and they demanded or required everyone to follow the law to do these certain things. So, uh the Jewish religion had 613 laws total. Uh, I've always make a uh a joke about yeah, God gave us 10 commandments and we turned it into uh thousands, but for for the Jew, God gave them 10 commandments and they turned it into 613. <laughs> it's just because we we want to do works, we want everything based on us. we want us to look at it and go, look what I've done, look who uh, uh, all the things that that I've been able to accomplish and I'm self-made man or self-made woman and I did this I did that and and we forget that had God not given us the breath and the abilities, we wouldn't be able to do anything. And so when God gave his law to the Israelites, his desire was that they, Love and, and, and literally, it was stated, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And that we find in Deuteronomy 6.5. Also, we find in Matthew 22.37. So, it was the Old Testament, they were told, and we were told the same in the New Testament. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. When we look at the word love, literally, that speaks of relationship. You can't say I love someone and there's not a relationship there. There has to be a relationship to have love. And again, when we look at when we look at the the other religions, there's this requirement where you have to do, act, be uh, certain things. You have to. Uh, follow the guidelines, and if you fail to follow the guidelines, then you're not part of the church, and if you're not part of the church, you can't go to heaven because only those who are part of the church go to heaven. Well, that, that's, not what, that's not what Christ says. That's not what the Bible says. And Jesus, uh, he fires up the Pharisees for this false teaching. And so, again, when we, when we look at this love that God talks about, that he wants us to love him, And he loves us. Remember John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. The world is literally people. For God so loved the people that he gave his only son. So again, we see relationship. Obedience to to the other commands uh, literally comes from the love of God. If, If we love him, we will keep his commandments. I've talked about that before. Christianity is not all about rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. God said, I've put all this in place because I love you and I want to protect you. And when we look at it and go, "Uh, those are rules and regulations and I'm sick of that. I don't want to do that. The relationship's not there. But when we look at it and say, man, because I love my Lord Jesus and my Father in heaven, I will keep his commandments. I will do as he asks me. I think about the relationship with parents. And I know today when we look at it, it's not so prevalent, but if you would look back and go back several years, and you would find that if mom or dad asked one or their children to do something, they would do it because of the love that they had for them. And I want you to know that the only reason that we can love God, love Christ, is because he first loved us, 1 John 4.19. I'm going to tell you, we only know what love is because of what God has given us, what God has shown us, what God has done for us. It's the only way that we have any idea what love is. Had had God not come down and shown us what love is, I think we would just see what we see today, and that's division and hate and rioting and destruction of other people's property and our anger out on innocent people. Um, But it's because... God first loved us, that we even understand or have any idea of what love is. Again, we see in 1 John 4, 19, um, we love him, God, because he first loved us. In in Jesus' time, the Jewish leaders had made a religion out of God's desire. And his desire uh, was to live in a love relationship with them. We find in 1 Timothy 1, 8. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. When we look at the, the the in Jesus' time when the Jewish leaders, mainly the Pharisees, they were setting the law up. They were demanding people to follow the law, but they weren't even keeping it themselves. Romans seven twelve, therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy, just and good. So over the years um, they perverted. Uh, God's law and turned it into works. And, you know, of course, now if you ask someone if they're going to heaven, yeah, I'm going to heaven. Why are you going to heaven? I'm a good person. I do good things. And that's, that's not the answer. But yet that is what so many churches teach. God loves you just the way you are. And he does love us the way we are, but we're not to stay that way. What we find is we find these religious leaders turning things into works-based rather than relationship and faith-based. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He gets a little excited here. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers therefore you will receive greater condemnation because what they were doing is they were convincing during this time in, in the in the scriptures they were convincing uh women to give them uh, everything they had they were convincing people to do works for them yet they weren't teaching the word of god they were just taking 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 and we see a lot of um churches pastors uh, doing the exact same thing. And what happens is then people have this disdain for churches because they think, oh, well, the church is only out for my money. Well, the church only wants to use me. The church only wants to and fill in the blank. And, and Jesus here in Matthew 23, 13 through 15, he is reprimanding them, uh, calling them, you, you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's what you are. You're supposed to be leading the people to me. You're supposed to be teaching my word, the word of God, to the people so they understand who I am and that I desire a relationship with them. And instead, all you are doing is trying to build your own bank accounts. All you are doing is taking, 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 and you're leaving them destitute. And verse 14 says, therefore, because you are doing that, you will receive greater condemnation. I will hold you accountable for that sin of deceit, that sin of using me for your gain, that sin of lying to the people, that sin of manipulating people, of making people think that they got to work and earn and do and work and earn and do when all they have to do is believe. Because I want a relationship with them, that's what God says, and these these Pharisees are just um, power hungry, money sucking leeches, as all they are. Verse fifteen, he says, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites!" This is the third time. Of course, he he goes on calls them blind guides. I mean, he has he he rips them apart in Matthew chapter twenty three, but here in fifteen. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. So you, they, they would go out and convince them to come in and be a part of the church. That's, that's what he's talking about. And teach them how they had to follow the laws and obey the rules and work and do And again, follow the rules. And, and, and they, were, they were forcing these people to follow rules that they weren't even following themselves. And so he says, you make them twice as much a son of hell as yourselves because now when someone really comes in to teach the gospel, somebody comes in to tell the truth of Jesus, to explain that this is about a relationship, to explain that God sent his son to die on the cross for them because he loved them and he wants a relationship with them. This is his desire. Now they've convinced him that it was of works and they took their money and they wore them out and 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 uh, held them to a standard that they weren't even living themselves. And then what happens is people will go, man, I've had enough of that. What hypocrites. They're not even doing what they asked me to do. And then they, they walk away. And they don't want to hear it anymore. And so when the truth comes in that, hey, you need Jesus if you want to go to heaven. And their mentality is, I've had enough of religion. I don't need any more. That's the separation. There's your line. That that shows us God desires a relationship. And man has turned it into a gimmick for his own Selfish desires, and Jesus says they will receive the greater condemnation. Isaiah 29 13 says, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. So we find in Isaiah that So many people have religion, and they, oh, they talk good, and they talk sweet, and they they talk all about God, but they don't honor him. They, They honor him with their lips, but their heart is far from him, so therefore they don't live it out. And God says, if you love me, you'll keep the commandments because I love you. I sent my son to die for you because I desire this relationship with you. And men in Isaiah 29:13, men taught them the commandments of men rather than the commandments of God. And they used what they did teach them of the commandments of God they used against man for their own gain. Matthew 15:9, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In vain, so these people that have religion, that don't know Jesus as their Savior, and and I did a podcast uh, last week about uh, how do I know that I'm going to heaven. If you go back and listen to that, that'll help, hopefully, help solidify uh, where you're at, whether you have religion or a relationship. But again, here in Matthew 15:9, Jesus says, "In vain they worship me because they all they have is religion. They have this idea of God, and and so many people." Uh, desire the idea of God, right? I mean, who doesn't want to be loved? Who doesn't want to look at God as all love? Love, love, God loves me, I am loved. And they go on with this idea that men have taught them. and, and I'm telling you one of the, one of the saddest things in going on in churches today is pandering, literally churches pandering to people convincing them that they're just fine the way they are if they do good works if they say enough prayers if they if they re, re, do repetitive motions enough if they go and and burn this and sacrifice that or whatever it is that they're going to be fine and they're pandering they're pandering to people trying to convince them that Oh, you are fine the way you are. God loves you just the way you are. He made you that way. No, God did not make us sinful. God made man innocent. And he gave us a free will to choose. And we took our innocence. The world taught us so much, right? The world has shown so many things. And we forfeited our, our innocence in the name of Desire. We follow the commandments of men, the, the teachings of men, the false teachings of men. And Jesus had a huge problem with that. And he talks about it in Isaiah 29, 13, and Matthew 15, 9. They prided themselves in their ability to keep the law, at least outwardly, right? So that uh, hey, look at me. And and they they're pious. And then they lord their authority over. Uh, the common man, because, right, they hold this position where they're close to God. They walk to God uh, with God. Man can't understand the things of God unless I tell you what they are. And that's not true. God said he desires this relationship with us. And in this relationship, he teaches us the things of him. And today we have Pharisees. They're just false teachers is all they are. And they put these strenuous rules on man and they can't even keep them themselves. They don't even try, but outwardly. Yeah. Outwardly. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. But inward, they're like whitewashed tombs or outward. They're like whitewashed tombs, but inward dead men's bones. Oh, they could keep the rules, but they failed to recognize God himself even when he was standing right in front of them. In John 8, 19 Jesus says this. It says then they said to him, "Where is your father?" And Jesus answered, "You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also." Because remember Jesus and the Father are one, and Jesus even says, "When you look at me, you see the Father. I am my father, we're one." Meaning not that they're not that they're the same person, but that they have the same goal, the same objective, the same desires, and that is The Father sent the Son to die for us, and by faith we believe, and therefore we become children of God. And what happened was these Pharisees, they chose religion over the relationship. Because, let's face it, If we can get enough people to follow us and we can get enough people to be obedient, to serve us, to give to us, to where we can go in and manipulate and take advantage of them, it becomes very profitable. But I'm telling you, that's only profitable here on earth. God will hold them accountable. And so just as the Jewish leaders made a religion out of the relationship with God, many people do the same thing with Christianity today. So many people, oh, I'm a Christian but they don't even believe the scriptures. I'm a Christian, but they don't believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. I can do whatever I want. God loves me. God doesn't want to to deny me. Well, God says, be obedient. And and to be obedient to him says there's a relationship there. And that means that we have to deny ourselves some things. And these, these Pharisees today, they don't teach that. And literally entire, entire denominations uh, have followed the way of the Pharisees. And they create rules and regulations and all this stuff that you got to do and follow. there. And they're not in the Scriptures. They're nowhere in the Scriptures. And some who profess to follow Christ are actually uh, following the man-made religion. But they do it in the name of Jesus. I love Jesus. But it's just another man-made religion. And that's what I'm telling you. There are only two religions in the world. It's Christianity, which is God's way, or it is humanism, which is man's way. And, of course, while they're claiming to believe the Scriptures, they are plagued with fear. They're plagued with doubt. They're plagued with insecurities. They're not good enough. We've got to earn this. Uh, I'll talk to people. Are you going to heaven? I sure hope so. What's it take to get there? I've I got to be good. I've I got to do more good than bad. And if the scales weigh in my favor, I'm in. That's not true. Because that means that you are working for it. You have to earn it. And then God's the beneficiary if you make it because you're doing good for him. And God says, listen, I'm coming after you. And because I already know that you're not good. And I know so many people involved. What do you mean I'm not good? Listen, sin separates us from God not multiple sins, one sin will separate us from God. And because he desires that relationship, he makes a way for that sin or multiple sins to be forgiven. Now, that doesn't mean that that you go, oh, Lord, forgive me, and then they're all forgiven, and you go out and you keep doing whatever you want to do. That's man's lie. That's, That's the lie of the Pharisee. What it means is that we recognize our depravity we realize that without christ we can't get to heaven and we're so appreciative of what he has done for us that we become obedient to god that's the relationship and if you are if you have fear or doubt now i listen i get it some people doubt their salvation sometimes but man when you know you know and again if you want to know Go back to my other podcast, uh, How Do I Know I'm Going to Heaven? And that will answer that question. And hopefully, if you have fear and doubt, that will help you secure the answer so that you know that you're going to heaven. But if you think you're going to heaven because you've earned it or because you're working for it, that's religion. That is a false religion. And it is a lie toward Jesus and toward God. If, if it was all up to us, why did God have to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for us? If it was all up to us, Jesus would never have had to die. And so what happens is these, these religions uh, that, that are masquerading as Christianity are misled. And and by the way, this masquerading as Christianity, masquerading as all about God in the Bible or whatever, that is Satan's favorite trick to is to masquerade these religions as ways of making you feel good so that you can go to heaven because you feel good because you, you know, well, that, I, can, I can believe that. And since I can believe that, uh, then, then that's got to be the way to heaven. Well, if it's contrary to the scriptures, it's not the way to heaven. You have no relationship with God, and therefore you simply have religion. There is a difference. Jesus addressed this in Matthew 23, 1 through 7. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say, and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves... Will not move. Will not move them with one of their fingers. But all of their works they do to be seen by men. They make their flactories broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. In other words, they make their fringes even even longer because you know when they move it it flows and it just looks so elegant and it, and it makes them look like they're greater than you and I and they're not. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi, teacher, teacher. Oh, look at you. He knows so much. Oh, he's so eloquent in his speech. He's Guys, if they're teaching anything other than Jesus died on the cross and you have to have faith in him to get to heaven, and that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to do that. If they're teaching anything other than that, it is religion, not relationship. And you won't go to heaven. It'll keep you out. So instead of pointing people to heaven, these religious leaders, they're keeping, keeping people out of heaven because they're, what they're doing is they're pointing people to them. Holiness and obedience to scripture, that is important. But they're only evidences of your transformed heart. Your, your obedience to Scripture just shows you love God. The obedience isn't a, a means to obtain salvation. It simply shows you have salvation. God's desire is that we are holy as he is holy, 1 Peter 1.16. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy And he wants us to grow in his grace and knowledge. And we find this in 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And so we do this because we're his children and we want to be like him. And we don't do this in order to earn his love. I want you to know that Christianity is not about signing up for a religion. It's not about saying, yep, I'm part of this group, so therefore I'm going to heaven. Christianity is about being born into the family of God, and we find it in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want you to see right there, it is a relationship. And just as being adopted, you don't control and you don't have the power to create an adoption. As a child, we have, to, we have no power to join the family. We have to wait uh, uh, on the family to, to draw us in or to, to adopt us. And that's just the way it is with God. You don't have the power to manipulate, control, work for, do to get to heaven we have to depend on God to adopt us in. And he says, this is how it's done. It's through faith in Jesus that I'm going to adopt you into the family of God and you'll become my child. And so we can only know him as a father through adoption. Ephesians one, five having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now that predestined us to adoption doesn't mean that all that, that God predestined all men to go to heaven uh, or to be in heaven. He predestined all men a way to get into heaven. He predestined or set it up beforehand through Jesus that we can get to heaven. So he doesn't pick who goes to heaven and who doesn't go to heaven. We do. He just set the plan up. He predestined us through the plan that he had, which was Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We received the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit. So when we join his family through faith, in the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? How about Luke 11.13? If you then, being evil, know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him listen when we are born again when we are adopted into the family of god literally the holy spirit of god the very spirit of jesus christ comes and lives within us seals us unto the day of redemption when god calls us home that's a relationship that's what adoption looks like and then when the holy spirit comes and lives within us That is what empowers us. God empowers us through His Spirit to to live like uh, the children of the King. We cannot sustain a holiness on on our own, through our own efforts, with our own merits. It is through the Holy Spirit that we do this. And God doesn't ask us to obtain this and to maintain uh, righteousness on our own our own. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes, lives within us, teaches us, convicts us, guides us, directs us. The Holy Spirit literally will become your conscience so that God knows that you're not on your own. You are his child. And so as a parent, he will always teach, guide, and direct us through the Holy Spirit. Guys, that's relationship. God says, no, no, listen, I'm going to equip you. I will empower you through the Holy Spirit. I will make a way, and I will keep the way because you're going to struggle. There are going to be times when your flesh is going to get in the way, but the Holy Spirit is there to help guide you through that. Man, that guys, what a father. What, a, what an example. What a relationship we have. What a relationship he wants. And the fact that he desires to have a relationship with us is amazing. And so Paul makes this clear, uh, that our old self is to be crucified. So when people go, well, you know, God loves me just the way I am. He made me this way so I can live to be happy. And then you go and live contrary to the word of God. That is not what the Bible says. Galatians uh, 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live is in the flesh. I live by the faith in the Son of God, that would be Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me. We have to crucify ourselves. We cannot entertain and please the desires of the body if the desires of the body go contrary and we it makes us disobedient to God disobedience shows that there is a massive fracture in the relationship. If you know God or Jesus as your Savior, then you're going to serve God. And if you falter or you fail to keep his commandments, he forgives you. If we ask him to forgive us, he is faithful and just and forgives us of all unrighteousness. That's, That's a relationship. And so God wants us to know him. He wants us to draw close to him. He wants us to pray to him. He wants us to seek his face. He wants us to love him above everything else. That's not a religion. That is a relationship. Well, I hope that answered the question. And I think think as you read the scriptures, you look at this, and you continue to search it out, you will find that Christianity is a relationship. It is not a religion. It is not dependent upon everything you do, but it started with what God did, and it is sustained with what God did by sending his son, Jesus. I hope that helped you. I hope that answered your questions. And until the next time, I hope you share, like, uh, send this to someone else that might need it. Until the next time, God bless you. Thank you for joining me on According to John.